0: Aside, only double lines we cross is dollar
1: signs. Yeah, oh, 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 wait. I
2: hear you just got paid making rain energy. She moved, he readers, to viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition the of the Pewter Report podcast energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday show. You know how it normally goes. That's when we preview the Bucks' next matchup, their next opponent, which this week is the Carolina Panthers. And we will be talking about Bucks versus Panthers. But I think even more importantly, we're just going to continue on with the struggles, the information, the lack of success that the Bucks have had on offense, defense, and special teams. Because that was the overlying theme and factors today, and we do not want to shortchange the great listeners watching this show and listening. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host from pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, while this game is against the Carolina Panthers, it really feels like it's one of those, the Bucks can't beat themselves because uh, we saw it. Full force and full fledged. How they beat themselves against the Steelers, and they have a lot of stuff to clean up before they head to Carolina.
1: Yeah, they really do, Matt. And um, I, I, I think today's show, what it the the Panthers preview, what it boils down to is stop Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, stop him. Okay, because PJ Walker is going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers with with Baker Mayfield still out. With his uh, high ankle sprain, you know, Matt Rule has been fired. Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator, is gone. It's Steve Wilkes. This is a team in turmoil. Buccaneers also kind of a little bit of a team in turmoil, too, but not nearly as doom and gloom as the Panthers, which have just one win this season. They're coming off of a beating 24-10, to 10? is that right, by the L.A. Rams on Sunday, and did not look good. They traded away Robbie Anderson this week, so they won't be facing Robbie Anderson. The Bucks won't. Uh, they might trade Christian McCaffrey by by Sunday. yeah and uh, and, and they may not even face uh, Christian McCaffrey. So is DJ Moore and PJ Walker and Christian McCaffrey, but you know what, Matt? and I'm just gonna say this. the focus does need to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because maybe we gave this team too much credit. Uh, I know I certainly did with my with my matchups. And, and me laying 30 large on the Buccaneers, that means $30 in the Reynolds household. Yeah. That is 30 large. You got four kids and a wife and and all that. Um, but the Buccaneers have to play well. And, and I know that sounds very Janella, uh, vanilla and generic. But at the end of the day, the Steelers were a banged up, wounded team coming off an absolute ass-whipping up in Buffalo. The Buccaneers simply were not ready to play on Sunday. Defensively, offensively, special teams. There were coaching gaffes galore. Uh, Todd Bowles had a major coaching gaffe, not calling a timeout. He's standing right next to the side judge with Vita is sprinting off the field, right? That's a penalty. You got to make that timeout. So Bowles gets gets blamed for that as the head coach, the, the, the operations guy, when 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 he's the, the defensive play caller, when his unit's out there on the field, not getting off the field on three straight, maybe four straight third and long situations. Not bringing pressure against Mitch Trubisky. He did a lot of things wrongs too. Uh, but but the offense though, Matt is is alarmingly bad. And we talked about it on Sunday after the game, and also on Monday's podcast. I wrote about it in the two point conversion. Byron Lefwich, the, the the bloom is just off the rose right now for this guy. I think he's getting exposed. And we have a couple plays we're going to get to a little bit later in the show where I'm going to show you some of the ineptitude from Byron Leftwich's play calling how it's just not helping the Buccaneers. It's actually hurting them. And we've heard Todd Bowles, Matt, say on Monday in his post day, uh, day after press game, uh, day after game press conference, easy for me to say. And also today a little bit that with Luke Gedeky, and they're going to stick with Gedeke, right? And reading between the lines, that means they don't believe that Nick Leverett or Brandon Walton, depending on what I think, you think, whenever anyone else thinks, organizationally, they don't think that those guys are better than Luke Gedeke. And time will tell if Luke Gedeke ends up becoming a player or not. I have my reservations. Maybe they're saying he went through a four-game gauntlet mat of pro bowlers, starting with Kenny Clark and Chris Jones. And then Jer- uh, Grady Jarrett, and then Cam Hayward, and the last two games he's got whipped right by by Grady Jarrett and by Cam Hayward. Maybe they're thinking, okay, the Panthers game might offer a little bit of a reprieve, and we'll we'll give him we'll give him the Panthers game to see since he's not facing a Pro Bowler this week. But you know, I tell you what, um, Matt Ioannidis is a pretty good defensive tackle, especially against the run. And Derek Brown's no slouch either. He's got a very high PFF right. grade. I don't watched every snap at the Panthers. But he's a big guy, 6'5", 320 pounds that that it can play. He mostly will go up against Shaq Mason, but they do switch those tackles around a little bit. But uh, it looks like they're sticking with Gedeke for at least this week. And we've got a lot of clips from Todd Bowles to get into. And we can also read between the lines in some of these, these press conference clips, Matt. So um, your takeaways today... From one from one Buccaneer place, the injury report just came out. Let's just kind of start there, and then we'll get into some bowls and some leftwich with the with the with the 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 plays and some of the futility that that was uh, and the ineptitude that happened on Sunday against the Steelers and how that can't happen this week against the Panthers.
2: Right. First of all, I'm dubbing this week Armageddon just by like all the questions (laughs) that Todd Bowles has gotten asked (laughs) from Monday to today. The yeah. bloodbath that is going to be the press conference with Byron Leftwich tomorrow with Byron. Oh. Why did you call this play, Byron? Why did you call yeah. that play? Why can't they audible? Uh, obviously, in Tom Brady talking as well. I'm just dubbing this week Armageddon because there's been a lot of questions yeah. and some answers, but not a lot of answers. Um, I'll get to the injury report, and then I'll give my thoughts on yep. kind of what we heard today from uh, Todd Bowles and, and some of the players as well. But Anyway. <clears throat> Cam Bray, uh was out. He's obviously has that serious neck injury. Uh, we did see him in the locker room, though. So that was good to see him like walking around. Yeah. Um, Carlton Davis was limited today with a hip injury. Mike Edwards fully practiced. Obviously, yeah. he missed last week that's with that great. elbow injury. So that's big. Uh, Logan Hall was limited with an abdomen and a groin. Uh, Akeem Hicks did not practice. Julio Jones did not practice. We know the deal there. Shaq Mason did not practice with uh, an ankle injury. That is something new, that new uh, to the injury report that we noticed today. It was Nick yep. Leverett in at right guard. We'll see if it's just a one-day thing, but something yep. to keep an eye on. And then Sean Murphy Bunting did not practice again. He had a quad, quad injury. Remember, he heard a pop in his yep. quad, which never sounds good. So I have a feeling it'll probably be sooner rather than later where we hear a move that either he's going on the IR or that he's going to miss uh, several weeks. Now, for the right. Panthers... Uh, C.J. Henderson is in concussion protocol, so he did not practice. That's a cornerback. Cornerback Dante Jackson did not practice with an ankle injury. Inside linebacker Corey Littleton has a groin injury. He was limited in practice. Baker Mayfield did not practice with an ankle injury. Defensive end Henry Anderson, who used to play for Todd Bowles with the Jets, uh, has an elbow injury. He was limited. Sean Chandler, a safety, was limited with the hamstring JC Horn, the son of uh, Joe Horn, obviously the cell phone, everyone remembers yep. that one. Yep. Um, he was limited with the rib injury. Outside linebacker Frankie Louvu with the shoulder was limited, and also limited was wide receiver LaVisca Chenault with a hamstring. And rounding it out, uh did not participate was center Pat Elflin and Christian McCaffrey. Elflin had a hip. Christian McCaffrey just a rest day, and then right. Matthew Ioannidis, who you mentioned. Um, He has a neck injury. He was limited in practice Mm -hmm. today. So there is your injury report. And then my overall thoughts from like listening to Todd Bowles today and some of the players, I I think Russell Gage really had a a very telling, um, you know, interview, locker room section, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, he said that the guys, they, you know, they're lacking energy out there and they're. And they're not having fun, and I think that's really, really telling. Like, how are you not lacking energy? It's early into the season, you yeah. know, so it seems like guys are just exasperated about the frustrations of the issues with with you know, the play calling, the coaching, whatever it may be. Yeah. Todd Bowles, I think, without truly saying it, is just unhappy with what has been called on offense because it, it has to it has to get better. And I think he really doesn't like the notion of, hey, what do you think about bringing Bruce Arians in to call plays or what advice can you seek from Bruce Arians? Because I don't think Todd Bowles likes being in the quote-unquote shadow of Bruce Arians, which, let's face it, Bruce is the architect of all of this, minus bringing in Tom Brady. You know, that's Bruce's coaching staff. That's his guys. Bruce is the reason that Todd Bowles is the head coach right now. But at some point, I understand Mm -hmm. from Todd Bowles you want to get – you know, away from that at yeah. one point or another. So, um, I think he's very frustrated with the offense right now. He was very shortchanged mm-hmm. with a lot of answers on defense. Where was yeah. the miscommunication? Which is a really scary thing because miscommunication is what yeah. lost the Bucks game against the Rams in the playoffs last oh, season, yeah. and we're still seeing it now, even with the veteran group. So, yeah, that's really scary. So, um, Armageddon. Yeah. I think heads will roll <laughs> sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, long last, laser. I'll just put this up again. you know, bull saying this is my team, not Bruce's team, reeks of weakness. I don't I don't think it does. Um, why not? We will do everything, including consulting with Bruce to optimize our offense. You know, I, I, I'm going to say this. Bruce Arians did not really have a lot to do with the offense over the last couple of years. OK, I know this is Bruce's playbook. It's his system. But when he said Byron Lefwich is running it, and this is like during 2019, 2020, 2021, obviously this year, he's running it. This is Byron Lefwich and Tom Brady. And and I think that Bruce Bruce would offer up some advice once the game plan's been installed. He did not have a red pen and was striking things off. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, he, yeah. he added a couple of of things. Hey, you might want to do this and that but there's a big misconception that Bruce was this hands-on coach and looking over Byron's shoulder and make I mean he might have suggested a play here or there but this was Byron running the offense and and as I explained on the podcast earlier this week and I wrote about in yesterday's two-point conversion column it's easy to look good when you've got three pro bowl offensive linemen a future hall of fame quarterback a future hall of fame tight end, and Rob Gronkowski, a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, Mike Evans, a thousand-yard, $20 million receiver in Chris Godwin, and a guy with Hall of Fame credentials, but it's just a jackass in Antonio Brown. And now you have half of that. Chris Godwin's not the same guy he was last year. He's coming back from a torn ACL. He's not all the way back. Is he healthy enough to play? Yes. Is he the Chris Godwin of old? No, he's not. He's not as explosive, and that's to be expected. Usually, you, you have a a comeback year, and then you have a comeback year from your comeback year. Usually, if you get back to to where you were, it happens two years after the injury, not the next year, unless you're just a freak like Adrian Peterson who had rushed for 2,000 yards after coming off a 20s. That being said, I think what has happened, and I've talked to some people, and and these are the dots I'm connecting, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I've got a pretty – Solid read on on the situation. And, it, and it's this. Byron Leftwich wants to run the Bruce Arians playbook. What Bruce Arians or what Byron Leftwich did, and, and Bruce kind of directed was a lot of five wides, right? Five wide receivers, you know, mm-hmm. and one of those might be a tight end, but empty backfield, which we have not seen much at all. And I'm not sure how crazy Tom Brady was about that. And you can get away with that when you have a, a veteran left tackle, an all-pro right tackle, a Pro Bowl left guard, a Pro Bowl center, and, and a, a better-than-average right guard. Right When, when I asked Alex Chappell was the weak link on the offensive line, and he was still pretty good, you can run five wides because you've got five pretty good pass protectors up front. Yeah. Brady is not going to always like that because he doesn't like to get hits, never has, but he's Can't like – Yeah, can't blame him. You know, he's in his 40s right now. He's 45. He doesn't want to get hit. But the thing is, is when you go five wide, and those guys were Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, A.B., and Leonard Fournette, that's a different set of guys rather than Mike Evans, a a wounded Chris Godwin, a wounded Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette, and Kate Otten. It just is. And you can't go five wide because – you can't put Gedeke on an island every single time, and you can't do that with Robert Hansey either, right? So they're limited with what they can do. And I think Todd Bowles has recognized this from day one. And I think that he and Tom Brady have kind of wanted to run the ball because of that. But the problem is they can't because the no, run schemes aren't good and the blocking up front is just not good enough. and And the times in, in which they pick and choose to run and the matchups they look for – especially on Sunday, which just god-awful. Let me get to a couple of those, and then we'll get into some Bulls quotes here. I think this is a good time to kind of kind of do that. Actually, you know what? First of all, let's just get energized by Celsius. Let's do that. Let's get energized, because I'm a little energized right now. And this is yeah, the official fit. sponsor, the official energy drink of Peter Report.
2: Yeah, of course. Great segue, Scott. I, I did want to get into that as well, because uh, we love Celsius so much. And we will get all to all the... Uh, the videos and clips today. But of course, Celsius, the the presenting sponsor and providing sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Check out all the different flavors that they have. You see on the screen here, the Arctic, Peach, and Tropical Vibes. Those are fantastic. You got the uh, strawberry lemonade, the cola flavor. If you want something a little bit different than like all the fruits that they have, watermelon's fantastic. The grape, the orange, uh, peach mango. So so many great different flavors. There's seven essential vitamins in this drink, which is super important because it's the healthy version of an energy drink. It's the healthiest energy drink that you will get around. gives you that energy to get you through your workday, a workout, a long drive, maybe. Where can you find Celsius? Great question. I will answer that. You can go to the store locator on the Celsius website and find out where there's a Celsius near you, whether it's your local bodega, your Walmart, gas station, convenience store. uh, They're getting closer and closer to where you are. And you know what? If you don't even want to get up and go search for a Celsius, I understand. Maybe you're comfortable at home. Have it sent straight to your home. Have it set up. Go to Amazon. Save some money. And um, you can order it online. Get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And get it sent to your home or apartment every two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is. Just make sure you're checking out Celsius, the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Celsius hashtag Live Fit. Use that hashtag and send us pictures when you're drinking Celsius yeah. as well. We, we always really enjoy them. do. Yeah, we really do uh, enjoy those. So Scott, let's uh, let's break down some film. Let's let's get into the okay. ineptitude of Byron Leftwich and the Buccaneers' offense.
1: I think probably the most egregious play, and I'll just talk about this because the way these clips are set up, I can't really pause them. So we're going to play them about three times. Yes. Gonna they're gonna,
2: yeah, they're going to be played over yeah. and over. Just so going to set up the knows.
1: premise here: yeah. second and goal from the one-foot line. Okay. Now, if I were an offensive coordinator, and I'm literally a foot away from the goal line, you might think quarterback sneak with Tom Brady. I understand why they're not doing that necessarily, because Brady's got you know a little bit of a banged-up shoulder. They've got, he's got a banged up uh, ring finger on his throwing hand. You don't want to subject him to getting a helmet right when he's trying to lunge the ball over there. And I get that. Uh, At at the same time too, they run the quarterback sneak and we'll, we'll we'll play that later in the game. And now you can see why I've not been really clamoring for it. And I don't, there've been some that have clamored for it. I'm not one of those because I understand that Uh, they also don't have a 325 pound right guard in Alex Kappa. They've got, a six foot one, three hundred and maybe ten pound Shaq Mason, who is good, but in goal line situations and short yardage, I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not a behemoth where he's going to smash you like a Tristan mm-hmm. Wirfs who's three hundred and forty five pounds will and and hammer away and get uh, and get a, a a yard or a foot there. Uh, he doesn't have Ryan Jensen, a Pro Bowl center who is as rough and tumble as they come and a very physical center. And he doesn't have uh, Ali Marpet, one of the most technically sound and a guy that, you know, actually had a mean streak in the run game a little bit and could really plow some some people and and create some holes. So we've got a left guard, uh, Luke Etike, who's a rookie, and then a a six game starter at Robert Hansey. So at the same time, why not go hat on a hat? Maybe run to the right side behind your best guard, Shaq Mason, and your right tackle, Tristan Wirfs. But no, let's let's run to the left side and let's run right, you know, at at, uh, at Cam Hayward and and uh, and have Luke Gedeke right there at the point of attack. And and Donovan Smith, you're, you're banged up left tackle with a bad elbow. Let's run his way. And so you're going to see this clip. It's second and goal. And if you want to pull a guard, because they actually pulled a guard on this play, Matthew, but uh, it was not Shaq Mason, who was great as a puller and great in space. Nope. From right to left and create numbers if you want to run left. No, they actually pulled the play side guard, which was Gedeke. So they're going to pull Luke Gedeke on this play and they're going to ask Robert Hainsey to make a critical cut block on Larry Ogunjobi, who at this point in time is having a day, right? Ogunjobi is having a great game so far. He's feeling it. He's also one of the quickest guards. I'm sorry. One of the quickest defensive tackles in football, right? That's his his calling card is quickness. So what Byron Lefwich does in this play is, is create a problem for his own offense he creates a hole by pulling the play side guard, not the backside guard. And, and if, if Luke Gedeke doesn't even block his guy, that's one thing. Um, but Robert Hansey doesn't get the cut block. And it just allows Larry Ogunjobi to kind of get right in the hole and stuff it. And so you need one foot straight ahead, plow straight ahead. And you got three downs to get that foot. But the problem is, by pulling the guard, you're creating a gap for penetration. That's exactly what a quick twitch, penetrating type of defensive tackle like Larry Ogunjobi is going to do. And you just see Robert Hanzy whiff on the cut block, and it's a three-yard loss. And it just blows everything up. So, again, why not overload to the left and run back to the right? Let's we'll play it one more time, Matt. Yeah. Uh, look at what Tristan Wirfs does and Shaq Mason does in this play, right? There, there's a hole over Shaq Mason to jump over. And you're Leonard Fournette, you're six foot, 240 pounds. You literally dive over Shaq Mason who cut block his guy, and that's an easy touchdown. But I don't know why Byron Lefwich decided to pull the play side guard and literally create a hole right. for Larry Ogonjobi to to knife through and, and get Leonard Fournette because Robert Haynesy missed the cut block. That's what
2: I don't understand is When you pull a guy on that side, especially in goal line situation or like a third and one, you know, those those type of short yardage situations, you know that the defensive lineman is firing off the ball no matter what. You know, it's not like they're trying to run a stunt or anything, you know, at at the goal line. And, you know, the way that Luke Kennedy was getting beaten by Cam Hayward, a lot of times it was it was the swim move where. I mean, Cam Hayward looked like Michael Phelps with the way that he yeah. was able to swim? of Just, oh, yeah. you know, going over and over and over again. Right. You would think you would not want to attack that one guy. As you brilliantly put it today when, you know, when we were talking to to Todd Bowles and everything, the Steelers have about three, uh, as you like to say, game wreckers on the defense. Yep. It was Minka Fitzpatrick who was not available for the game. It's TJ watt who was not available for the game. So all that was left was cam Hayward and they ran it to him every single time. I understand that Luke Gedecky is better at this point in his career as a run blocker than he is a pass blocker. But again, not against cam Hayward, (laughs) not against cam Hayward. And also Tristan Wirfs is an all pro. As he said, Shaq Mason, Better in the run game, a veteran guy. And Giovanni knows this.
1: Giovanni that. with the five dollar super check. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but why don't they run at Werps Mason side in short yardage? That's the strength of the offensive line. Again, you we just showed it. Show that play again, Matt. Yeah, you you can you can overload the left and still run to the right. Okay. Like you can take that handoff, and yes, I understand you've got a backside trailer that's coming on that play. But if you're asking Leonard Fournette. To literally go in that B gap, he probably has a chance to to beat that guy who's coming down down the side to you know to the line of scrimmage and and, and plow ahead. He's a big guy to get to get that that, that touchdown. So um, again, what I, what I'm hearing uh, from a lot of frustrated people at, at, at one buck in your place uh, it, about Byron Leftwich's play calling is they had one game wrecker on Pittsburgh's defense and. They put Luke Getticke against him one-on-one way too many times, and it cost him, not just the sack in the red zone, and run plays too. Let's go to the third and one, and let me set this up before you play it. Third third and one, Buccaneers decide to run left again. Why? Because that's where Cam Hayward is, of course. And that's where their rookie left guard is, of course. It makes perfect sense, right? And yes, I'm going to ask Byron Leftwich some very direct and pointed questions tomorrow. Trust me, as many as I can get in, I got to share time with the other reporters. I've got about six burning questions, and this is one of them because in this play, the the Bucks are running duo, which is a, a double team at the point of attack with Robert Hanzy and and Shaq Mason. Which uh, do you need a double team with Shaq Mason and Robert Hanzy? I would double team with Luke Getteki. I would take Robert Hanzy and double team with Luke Getteki, and allow Shaq, who's your better guard, to go one on one with his defensive tackle, Larry Oganjobi And Ogejobi beat him a couple times, too. But I think Cam Hayward's more of the threat. And Luke Gedeke needs more of the help. Byron Leftwich did not do that. And that's what Todd Bowles talked about twice, once on Monday and once today, which is we didn't get him enough help. And that's directly on, on not just Byron Lefwich. That's on Harold Goodwin, the offensive run game coordinator, too. Okay? So that, that's on him as well. Now, in this particular play, they run left. And it doesn't work out because, as you mentioned, Matt, Cam Hayward executes a swim move. Again, we see awful technique from Gedeke, right? He he lunges, his head's down. Watch Luke Gedeke. Just gets swam by by Cam Hayward. And the minute that, that Fournette gets the ball, Hayward is in the gap. Boom, right there. So Leonard's got to bounce it to the left. Now, you might say, why doesn't he bounce it to the right? Because if you look at the right, look at Jack Mason and Tristan Wirfs, right the backside looks like there's a hole there. The problem is this play is designed to go left. Leonard Fournette didn't have the best vision in the world, no, but, he does not. He, but he says, all right, I'm going to, I got numbers over here, right? Because we're, we're bringing Chris Godwin across the formation. We've got an extra blocker there. We got Kate Otten. We got Donovan Smith. The problem is Smith gets stood up. Otten gets blocked back a foot and Godwin doesn't get his guy. And the Steelers swarm. There's penetration. But the play was made by the guy that didn't even really touch Leonard Fournette. It's Cam Hayward swimming. And again, why are you running? And you can see at the snap of the ball where the hole is, right? Hanzy and get a key there's the hole, but get a key can't stay on Hayward. He comes down, he ducks his head, he, he lunges, and there's the swim, and that's all she wrote. And again- and-
2: yeah, and Lenny had to bounce it like further outside because of, yes. you know, that, that Hayward was in yeah. the backfield before he even yeah. touched the ball. So it was just, uh, you know, everything went downhill after yeah. that because you you're telling you're telegraphing
1: run. where you're going to run. You've got the tight end. It's it's You know, if you're the defense calling it strong, right? Right? Close, right? It's your tight ends on the left side. You're bringing Chris Godwin across the formation to the left side. Your overloads on that side. And if, you know, if you're, if you want to run a, a counter if you if you if you wanted to almost Zone block and allow Leonard to cut back that's fine but the thing is 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 why are you running there what's the logic in running at cam Hayward when you've got two rookies out of three guys on that play Kate Otten then you got your wounded left tackle Donovan Smith and you got your rookie Luke
2: etettii and that's where you're running the ball come on come on and that's do why- that I I appreciate the comment here when the old line wasn't trash, no one was blaming the play calling, but again, like everyone I think is kind of still focusing on that. They ran the ball so well against Dallas. Well, you know what? That was six weeks ago. All right. Cinderella has the Cinderella has turned back into a pumpkin or, you know, whatever that saying is that's technically the the carriage, but yeah, I understand. Yeah. The carriage. Yeah. The carriage has turned into a, a pumpkin, as they say, fast forward six weeks. When you that's where you find out tendencies and okay, Luke, at struggles with this, Shaq Mason does well mm-hmm. with that. So that's where it's on Byron Leftwich, as you point out in these two mm-hmm. videos. Where it's silly to pull get key and make Hainesy cut block, it's silly to yeah. run at Cam Hayward when get is already struggling against him. If get didn't even get a right, he didn't even get a finger on Cam Hayward in both of those videos, Hayward immediately in the back. Well, he pulled on the goal, on the goal line play, right? but. Even yeah. if someone is in front of Gedeke or Hayward, even if they don't even put their hands on him, if they just stand there, so Hayward has to at least knock him over to get to the backfield, that's at right. least an extra second or two where yeah. maybe Leonard Fournette can do something. But he loses immediately at the, the the point of attack that makes it 10 times worse than just losing your block, which you know is going to happen to everyone in the league. Leo, yeah. thank you so much for the $5 super chat. He says, I'm very concerned... With the consistent comments from players about lack of energy, I blame Bowles. He seems very passive on the sidelines. That's interesting because I will say,
1: yeah, but I listen, Tony Dungy, Tony, Tony Dungy was yeah. was passive. He was more passive than Todd Bowles. Okay, and I mean, and the Buccaneers were winning divisions and Super Bowl contenders and going to the playoffs. I buy that to an extent, but the players have have got to be the ones. To to create the energy, right? They're they're the ones out there. I mean, you've got energetic players. Devin White's the most energetic player they've got, right? On defense, on offense, mm-hmm. maybe it needs to be Mike Evans. Maybe it's, I mean, it's it's the players, right? I mean, Brady certainly was fired up on on there, but
2: yeah, he was screaming uh, at him.
1: He was screaming, but left, uh, which is 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 the the leader of the offense uh, more so than Todd Bowles, so. If you're talking about energy and stuff, it still falls on Byron Leftwitch's shoulders. He is the offensive coordinator. He's responsible for everything. The play calling, the schemes, the play designs. And it's, it sounds like Todd Bowles has definitely had some conversation with what he's what he's saying and what he's talked about. Let's go to a couple of those clips today, Matt.
2: Yeah, sure. Let's start out with... Um... There's a lot to get to. We'll start out with the the Bruce Arians. You know, ha- have you talked to Bruce Arians? What's um, w- what advice can you get from him? And yeah. so this is this is him getting the Todd bulls version of testy. I guess that's yeah. what I would say.
1: jumpstart this offense in a way after sputtering for the
2: first six weeks of the season.
0: Well, this is my team, not Bruce's team, but we talk all the time. But. You don't jumpstart by asking a former coach what to do. We have our own things to deal with, and we understand that. We've been with Bruce long enough to know what he wants, but they've been with me long enough to know what I want. So we're working towards that, and we'll get through it.
1: You
2: just- yeah. He was asked a, a follow-up question as well about um, Bruce Arians and if they have a difference in viewpoints of – Uh, getting big plays or chunk plays down the field, which he responded to.
1: Different
0: philosophically. No, we want to score. I want big plays too. Mm -hmm. But you don't chase them just to chase them. There are parts within the game in which you have to take them and hope they have come through and calculatedly come through. Obviously, we have different players than we had last year, and we got to approach things a little differently and find out what works best for us this year, not last year and two years ago. Lineup's completely different. Ron's gone, A B's gone, Marpet's gone, Ryan's down. We got different people to adjust to different things. So you can't really compare and say, we're gonna do what we did last year, this year, when the guys are different.
1: I, I think that's a great point, right? And and I think that's what Bowles is kind of alluding to and getting to is he's known all along that that those players he mentioned that are not around, they're not around. And it seems like Byron Lefwich is saying this offense is going to work no matter who we have because it worked in 2019 and 2020 and, and 2021. But I think Todd Bowles knew that there had to be some adjustments. There had to be some, some, some scheme and structure changes for for the offense to kind of – like he had to adjust to the personnel. That's what, that's what good coaches do. They adapt their what they're doing to the players they have, and I don't think that's happened at all in Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I think that, that I'm not saying that Byron Leftwich imagines that Ali Marpet is still there at left guard, but I, I really don't think he's taken into consideration who he doesn't have to work with, and that, and that, that I think that there's like this spell that he might be yeah. under in terms of of this, this offense is going to work no matter who's running it, right? Because, I mean, that's what Bruce Arians just said. Hell, Kelly Holcomb ran this offense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody from Kelly Holcomb to, to Andrew Luck to Ben Roethlisberger to Blaine Gabbard at times out in Arizona to mm-hmm. Carson Palmer to, you know, J- Jameis Winston and and now Tom Brady. But uh, it's, it's the Jimmys and the Joes as much as it is the X's and the O's. And I don't think they've got the Jimmys and the Joes. And I don't think Byron knows how to fix the X's nose. I don't see this problem getting a lot better with Byron Luffage at the helm,
2: unfortunately. Right. I agree with you. I do want to make my point in just a moment. First, I want to talk to everyone about Pirate Republic, which, of course, is the presenting beer, uh, one of the presenting sponsors, but the official beer of pewterreport.com. They are based out of Nassau, Bahamas, in the Bahamas, I should say. And they are now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code. And that's a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Drinking one right now. Yeah, exactly. You can still have fun even if the Bucks are losing. Uh, The Techno Quarters is the best IPA that you'll drink. Another option you can do is drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lukens Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC stores in the greater Tampa Bay area and is expanding across the state of Florida. That's ABC Liquors, which is where I get my Pirate Republic from. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. The point I want to make. Real quick, one thing about Pirate
1: Republic. If you want to try Pirate Republic, our main guy, John Gallo at at Pirate Republic, is going to be at the Total Wine and More up in Wesley Chapel. It's right across from the Outlet Mall, my neck of the woods up here. So make sure you come by tomorrow, Thursday, at the Total Wine and More up here in Wesley Chapel, and you can get a free sample of all three of those delicious beers. And I love all of them. Matter of fact, Ashley and I went out to, to Mulligan's Irish Tavern Zephyr Hill last night and had uh, they've got the uh, Take No Quarter IPA on tap and I I had one and it's fantastic so I'm not an IPA drinker at all but I absolutely love it and so they have all three of those beers so schedule a little trip to the Total Wine and More up in in Wesley Chapel. We'll have it on our Facebook page and also on Twitter uh, about the location where you can get it. Uh, I want to say John's going to be there from 5 to 8 tomorrow night so stop by and get some free samples of all three of the delicious Pirate Republic beers.
2: Yeah. Nice little happy hour option. Then you'll have Thursday night football on as well. But the last point I want to make about Byron Leftwich, and, you know, you, you put it out there perfectly, Scott. So there's, there's not really a ton more that I want to add to it, but you know, you you mentioned the fact that he just doesn't make these adjustments and, you know, it's almost like he comes out, you know, every team has like that, that the script that they start out the game with. And, yeah, you know, sometimes the script you have to throw to the wayside. If there's like a penalty, if there's a penalty on you know first down, you have first and 15, first and 20. You can't run the ball there. You have to adjust. And I think the Bucks right. have struggled so many times where, as you said, they expect this play, this play, this play all to work. Then all of a sudden, if it's if it's first and 20, the Bucks have so many issues of converting any moment where they're behind the eight ball. And it yeah. really just does feel like uh eh, we got Tom and Mike. We're gonna be okay. It's all gonna work out. And it goes back to the Tom uh, to the Todd Bowles, you know, the, the fantasy land comment about yeah. well, we won the Super Bowl, so now we can go and kind of essentially do whatever we want when we're on the field. And that's just not the case anymore. All right. You're not right. getting that from Russell Gage. And I, I just truly think that um, you know, when you have all these different guys in there, sure, there's going to it's going to take time right. in certain situations, but you put it this way. If this was the same roster of last year, sure. The bucks could get away at times with just showing up and being like, Hey, we got these guys and they would beat a team like the Steelers. They had that luxury last season and it still burned them in, in a game against Washington. Right. But for the most part, they could do that this year. They can't do that anymore. They yeah. can't just show up. All right? right. Because I don't really care right now that the Panthers stink. I yep. don't care right now that the Rams are struggling. Right. And, and the fact that the Ravens, you know, they just lost when they probably should have beaten the Giants. We're talking about this in the locker room, Scott. Yeah. The Thursday night game next week. And this is one thing that the Bucs are really missing. It's just attitude in general. Right. Ryan Jensen, he got hurt. I yeah. understand. But he, he brought had the attitude. attitude. He yes. got in your freaking face. He
1: brought the energy, yes.
2: JPP, when healthy, and again, I'm not no. saying they should have re-signed JPP. He's got right. all the injuries. JPP brought attitude. He held yes. other people accountable, and so did Ndamukong Sue. And we're missing that attitude. You have it right. with Tom Brady, of course. But I think with Brady sometimes, you know, when he's yelling at the offensive lineman, everyone's kind of like, oh, crap. Like, I have to play well. I have to play well for Tom. Where. Yeah. The other guys, he kind of he they lifted them up I- in a different way. But we right. were talking about in the locker room today that JPP mm-hmm. for his tenure with the Bucks, they played against the Giants a lot. So right. we got to ask him about playing his former team, yeah. and every single time he said, "I want to kill the Giants. I want to. <laughs> I want to sack Eli Manning. I want to sack uh, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm coming after their head." And you know what? JPP's going to say the same exact thing when the Ravens come to Tampa. Yeah. In two weeks, and that's I don't know point. if the Bucks are going to be ready for it. I don't care what happens to the Ravens this right. week because that defense is going to be ready to go against a really struggling Bucks offense, and that Rams defense yeah. is going to be ready to go, especially as we talked about before with Aaron Donald. And I don't even are, are you
1: suggesting Aaron Donald is going to take advantage of Luke Edaiki? Yeah, I, I, I think
2: I think that's a, a yeah. safe assumption. So, I think so too. the Bucks are real; they're missing it you know, physically with with some of the talent, as you mentioned, a hobbled Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, but they're missing it mentally too, whether it's stupid play calls, or just... It's
1: Ryan Jensen on offense, right? He's he's the tone setter. He's the energy guy in that huddle. The funny thing is he didn't have a C on his chest. He's not a captain, but you don't have to have a C in your chest to be a leader. And he is the energy guy. And we heard a little bit from Russell Gage. We talked about it. We alluded about it earlier. Let's listen to Russell Gage uh, talking about not having the energy out there yeah
2: he just looks like exhausted just even just even answering this videos uh this <laughs> question so here's a video of russell gage
1: one uh
0: more energy i think you know it's a lot of times when we're kind of dead even when we want to make a good plays, we're still kind of dead mm-hmm. um you know and then i think two which goes hand-to-hand energy and having fun you know this game is supposed to be fun um I love this game. I know everyone here loves this game. And sometimes we get so caught up in just doing our job that we're not really having that fun um, and bringing that energy, like I just talked about. So I, I, I know it sounds kind of small or basic, but I mean it's true. And those things carry
2: over it's even into winning. You know? I appreciate the the response from Russell Gage. Honestly, exactly, yeah. it, was, it was honesty. It was very telling. I've been saying that a lot today. Yeah. But you know, when he says, even when we make plays, we just feel dead. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, why? How? I, I don't even know exactly how to respond to that.
1: Well, uh, it's it's leadership too, man. Like Mike Evans is he's got to step up in, in that role. And sometimes when you're a receiver, and, and I love Mike. I'm not criticizing Mike. I'm just pointing this out. Uh, you know, you you kind of you're you're uh you're like a lone wolf, right? You're the split end. You're the X. You're out there. You're running your route. You're doing your job. Your head's down. You're focused on your matchup. And you're, you know, you're away from the line of scrimmage. You're doing your own thing. You're running your route 20 yards down the field. You're, you're not sure if Brady got sacked. You're not sure if, you know, if if, the, if he had to roll out, dump the ball off, whatever. You don't know, right? Um, but there, there has to be a fire starter on the offense. And, and should it be Brady? Could it be Brady? Yes, it should. But at the same time, it's got to be other people. Like I said, it was Ryan Jensen who set the tone for the offensive line. And energy is real. Momentum is real. These yeah. are some aspects of football that sometimes the analyst community just can't measure or wrap their heads around. And I'm I'm not poo-pooing on analytics, but but there are some other you know grit, toughness, determination. Those are some real aspects of football that that can't be quantified, and but they're but they're vitally important. And yes, you go back and you look at at the routes some of these receivers are running it looks like they're, I don't want to say half-ass, but three-quarters-ass, right, in terms of of just, you know, just. They were taking no quarters. They
2: were taking no quarters like an IPA.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So one last thing on offense, too, right, because uh, we talked about, and this goes back to the the Todd Bowles slip, it's different personnel. Tom Brady, in the interior of this offensive line, from left guard to right guard, three new people, right? He had three different people for the last couple of years, Super Bowl season, and then last year, Ali Marpet, Pro Bowler, Ryan Jensen, Pro Bowler, Alex Kappa, big right guard, and you could run those quarterback sneaks and have some success. And people have been clamoring. What about the quarterback sneak? Why doesn't Brady just sneak it? Well, they did. They showed us, and they showed us yeah. why, and they shows why they don't call it. And I think Byron Leftwich was like resigned to. Okay, well, let's try it at least. Right. But this is what Todd Bowles means when he says. It's different personnel. We have to do things differently because of that. And they went to the well on a play that used to work all the time. But it's not Tom Brady. It's watch Lou Geteke on this play. Low man wins in football. And his guy, I think it was, it was Cam Hayward, submarined him and and grabbed Brady by the ankles. Robert Hainsey gets blown up after the snap. I think by Larry Ogunjobi, it's hard to tell from this angle who those Steelers defenders are. But again, here it is. Uh, watch where Hanzy ends up. I mean, he's on the ground, right? Looking at Tom, <laughs> he shouldn't be looking at Tom. Tom didn't get the first down, right? And and even Shaq Mason, right? Shaq sixty nine, he gets turned sideways, and and you know when you when you're sideways as an offensive lineman, that's not good. You got to be shoulder pads square, driving your guy straight ahead. Again, low man wins. This is an instance where. Uh, those two defensive tackles for the Steelers just just beat the three interior offensive linemen for the Buccaneers. Offensive line just got whipped. It just did, and 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 Leftwich didn't have any answers. Now, one answer he did come up with. I thought his, his best play call of the day, quite honestly, was on fourth and one on the next play when Brady didn't get that. He did like a little pitch toss, yeah, whatever it was, to the right to side, to Fournette on the to outside, the right side, yeah. to the right side, to the right side, man. to the right <laughs> side. Imagine that, right? But but we don't see that enough, and and that was a fourth down bailout call. That wasn't – yeah, where was that on third and one, right? I mean, I'm just saying it's like there's not enough. There's not enough creativity. There's not enough understanding of the personnel. Um, Again, what I've heard from multiple people is the Steelers had one game breaker, one game wrecker on defense, and that was Cam Hayward. And they kept running to him, not away from him. And they kept putting way too much one-on-one with Luke Edickey and on Hayward. And that is just coaching malpractice. That is just coaching negligence. It's bad. And I'll tell you what, everyone in the building knows it too. Everyone knows it. And, and, there, th- and, and there better be some changes, right? There better be some changes. My only concern is, right? The alarm bells have been going off now, right? And... and and Byron Love, which has the message, but can he do anything about it? I don't know that he has the creativity and the ability to adjust, to think and, and understand what's happening in a game during a drive and make an adjustment, okay? I don't know that that that
2: he has that
1: wherewithal to do that.
2: And that's why I don't feel 100% comfortable. The Bucks, last time I checked, are an 11-point favorite against the Panthers, I don't feel too comfortable about the box. Like I, I do think that they are going to win the game, but to cover that spread, I don't totally know <laughs> just know. With, with what they've been doing. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Mike Reynolds. Great last name says, yeah. Hey Scott. Uh, so we can watch it for tomorrow. What's reporter speak for coach? What the hell was that?
1: Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much, I've got about 100%. six of those questions lined up for tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Um, but I, you know, I, I mentioned about the, the spread for the, the box Panthers game, this week, uh, if you were going to bet on that game, of course, you should be doing it at mybookie.ag. Your favorite athletes always strive to put themselves in a winning position, and it's about time you did it too with my bookie. My bookie has the biggest online selections of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, MLB playoffs, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now make your winning move today. Sign up at my bookie using promo code pewter. That's P E W T E R and claim your deposit match of any amount up to a thousand dollars. Even if you learn from plant city math, you know, that's a pretty damn good deal. Uh, Again, that's promo code pewter to claim your bonus Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie at mybookie.ag. One thing that I'm going to bet on personally is uh, whatever is Ryan Jensen hope- coming back. <laughs> Are you gonna put money on that? No, uh, definitely, right. definitely not. I would right. take there the there, there was
1: a report today, Jason Cool put that out. Um, I have not had anybody in the organization confirm that or even come close to matter of fact Todd Bowles pretty much shot it down today yeah saying I I've, I've seen Ryan Jensen walk around and that's about it right he's not walking with right he's, with he's a walking
2: without a brace that's yeah. essentially the update and he's like that's really all I have for you
1: yeah so and, and, I don't
2: think he'll be playing in three weeks
1: no absolutely not that's that's not gonna happen I, I think if Ryan Jensen plays you're looking at late December maybe January for the playoffs if that's the case it's if he comes back this season but I don't
2: think that's gonna happen And even then is like a a tough situation. I do want to talk about the defense a little bit too. We've obviously harped on the offense, but like if Ryan Johnson doesn't come back until let's just say week 17, something like that. It's like, are we now just going to move Hainsey? Are the Bucks now going to move Hainsey to left guard, which he hasn't been playing all season. And now all of a sudden we're going to like use him there for the playoffs. I don't know. Just thought that was, that was interesting, but
1: you know what? At the, at this point in time, I mean, if if Haynes is doing an okay job and you're concerned yeah. about that, put Ryan Jensen at left guard, right? He he did play left guard against the Carolina Panthers, and what threw the key block on Ronald Jones' 98 yard touchdown run yeah. a couple of years ago, and AQ yeah. Shipley was at center, and they and they put they put AQ Shipley in at center when Ali Marpet was out with a concussion. Ryan Jensen moved to left guard and played pretty damn well, so. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for anything that gets Luke Getekie off the off the field and on the sidelines now and and getting Ryan Jensen back. It just I don't think Ryan Jensen is going to come back anytime
2: soon. Right. Yeah, n- neither do I. Um one thing that and, and happened- hold on,
1: I I got a preps I'm sorry. I'll let you talk man. I just got to say nothing against Luke Getekie. Nothing against him whatsoever. He's a great guy. He's working hard. He's trying. He could end up being a pro bowl player. I I have no idea. I don't see it right now. I don't see him being a capable starter right now, but I, I, I'm, I'm not naive enough to understand. I was here in 1997 when they drafted this guy in the third round out of Virginia named Rondé Barber, who had an absolutely horrifically bad rookie season. Uh, I think he only played in two or three games. He was so bad. So he was so bad that they drafted another cornerback in the second round of the next year from USC, Brian Kelly, because they they yeah. didn't think Rondé Barber was going to be anything. Right. And Ronde Barber ends up being a Hall of Fame caliber player, the best defensive back in team history, one of the top five bucks of all time. So you never want to write off a player. I'm just saying right now, I think Luke Gedecky might, and, and Todd Bowles said his confidence is high, but man, when you, when you're getting whipped,
2: yeah,
1: it does not help your confidence. Right. And and I I would like to see at least Brandon Walton or Nick Leverett get a shot and have Luke take a week or two off to watch, decompress, not have the pressure on him, and maybe try again later. But the fact that they're not going to, and Todd Bowles pretty much said as much, Matt, it tells me and you that this coaching staff believes that Luke Gedeke, with all the
2: warts, is better than either Leverett or Walton. And that's a really scary sentiment yeah. if, you know, that's the case. And, you know, if he ends up becoming a Pro Bowl player or a really great offensive lineman, we'll just look back at this and laugh. Yeah. yeah. Remember that time you really struggled yep. against Cam Hayward? So, yeah, I mean, we don't want him to do – we don't want him to play poorly. It's just right. that's been the case. So we're going to call it out, which this is what I want to call out. Um, you know, the defense isn't off the hook either. You know, right. they allowed a lot of third and longs. The miscommunication we talked about earlier is yep. – um unacceptable it, it should not should not be going on at this point yeah. of the tenure of Todd Bowles calling defensive right. plays and the guys that they have and, and but Devin White's not playing good either he's just Devin not. White Devin White has not played well we can play the the video that Todd Bowles yeah. was saying about Devin White um another guy that really had to get it going is Sharon he is yeah. sacked though so far they he got them both in the New Orleans game so he's gone the whole season without getting a sack, a sack except for one game. He absolutely needs to um he absolutely needs to pick it up. Joe Triant Shawinka, as far as getting after the quarterback, absolutely needs to pick it up. So the defense is not off the hook. Um right. let's play the Todd Bowles video about yep. Devin White and then um we'll go into the Shaq, Shaq's yep. response to your question as well. So here's Devin. Uh, De- blah, blah, blah. Todd Bowles talking about Devin first. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, too well. How would you assess his performance from that game and then also just for this year through the first six six games.
0: I think any, nobody played good enough last week against Pittsburgh. Anytime you get a penalty and a blown assignment on the first drive, you don't come back and play well. Overall, I think he's had a good season, uh, he's still early, we're getting our kinks out. He's not the only one that busted assignment or had an Emmy here and there, but we don't want to rough the past or we had a chance to get off the field. And, but he's been playing well for us, he's active, he's healthy, he's running around fast, he's making plays and we're happy with
1: with
2: the tw- All right. You
1: get, uh, two sacks through the first six games,
0: and shit. Nah, that's right. Hundred billion, trillion percent frustrating. But uh, <sighs> yeah, it's frustrating. I'm trying to figure out and try to get to the quarterback more. But yeah, it's frustrating, and I would uh, no, it's not how pitch or or imagined or even thought my season would be going after the first six games.
1: Yeah. So back to Devin White for a quick second, Matt. You know. Todd Bowles said he's playing okay, he, and he's saying that because he can't say anything bad about Devin White in the media, because then that starts getting players' confidence to tank a little bit, right? So he's some of this is coach speak, folks. I'm just trying to cut it to you straight and read between the lines here. I'm pretty good at this, I've done it for a while. Todd Bowles uh, blamed Devin White, rightly so, for the roughing the passer call on third down on the first drive and then blowing the, the Nigel Harris assignment. And said he didn't really pick up his play after that. He said he's played, you know, good overall. They're happy with him, whatever. I don't think that's the case. I've definitely heard other uh, heard otherwise from others in the building about Devin White. And yes, Devin White he saw that he won the defensive player of the month, and this is on the heels of a Pro Bowl that he didn't deserve last year. And he thinks he's playing better than he is. And maybe behind the scenes he's not hearing that. Todd Bowles has to say it publicly because what's the alternative, Matt KJ Britt? Right, yeah. I mean, like uh, uh Kundo, uh, fatokasi I mean, like, like oh three. Yeah, who 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 do they have to replace Evan White with right now? Nobody. Yeah. So they need Evan White to play better, and they're stuck playing with him. And they hope he plays better. It's their job to coach him better and all that. And, and I, I don't know. He's he's not playing well. At times, he seems like the defensive version of Jameis Winston. And what I mean by that is. First-round pick, highly regarded guy, um, fiery vocal guy, wants to be great, but does some things, has gaffes, right? Gaffes that prevent him from being great. You see those flashes of brilliance. You see the splash plays, right? Jameis Winston, 33 touchdowns, but 30 interceptions, right? (laughs) Seven pick sixes. So I think Devin White is, is like this He's like the defensive version of Jameis in that way. Like he does some good things that make you say, okay, this guy's got potential, right? But then he just has these blunders, these, yeah. these boneheaded plays that cost him and the team. And and he's a rah-rah guy. He wants, you know, he wants to lead very much like Jameis Winston. But just like I, Jameis Winston, man, they, they went, you know, they went five years, the 5th fifth-year option and stuff with Jameis and made the decision. I don't know how you could look at at, at Devin White and say, yeah, this guy's worth a you know
2: twenty million dollar contract extension. I just don't see it. I see no lies detected with the Jameis Winston comparison, which is ironic because, like we saw in that video a couple weeks ago, Devin White doesn't really like Jameis Winston. So it's ironic yeah. that he's uh you yeah. know that he's his own player in that sense. And you know yep. Devin White's looking for that next well, his first big contract. Shaq right. Barrett just recently got that big contract and big hasn't really been hasn't really been living up to it. Uh, so we're talking about runny, money right now, which yeah. means we should be talking about a Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, you do? we're so happy Thank to you. you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
0: How's retirement you? Oh, just fantastic.
2: I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you
1: on track so
2: you can still prepare for tomorrow Today, uni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. No, let's
1: not go to Colorado to get on track. Let's go to Carolina to get on track, right? The Buccaneers, if they do win on Sunday in Carolina, they at least will be 4-3, crisis averted for another week, and they'll be 3-0 in the division. And that's the important thing right now for this team because if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win this division, I think. And, um, you know, and do they have the assets to do it? Well, I'm not sure. Do you have the assets to retire? Well, do you? Do you not? Immunity Financial can help you. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services with 40 years of experience. Let Immunity Financial help you navigate these turbulent financial waters we're in right now and help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Get the veteran experience with 40 years' worth of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. They can help you across the country. Give Immuni Financial a call, 1-800-868-6864, just like I did. got most of my financial assets with Immuni Financial. Visit them on the web at immuni.com.
2: As we uh, wind down here. And with that, it, is, it does feel like James in the sense, it's like for every great thing, he does. There's like two more mistakes uh, on top of it. So let me ask you this: yeah. Who would you be more concerned about? Right? Now? I like. I know your answer, but are you more concerned with just the, the up and down play of of Devin White right now, or just the fact that neither outside starting outside linebacker can get to the quarterback at the moment because right now? Carl Mass and Anthony Nelson are playing better than, than I, yeah, Jack and you know, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say for – I would say all three. I'm concerned about all three. I can't yeah. really – I mean, Shaq <laughs> Barrett with two sacks in six games. And just, and, and listen, he, he's played okay against the run. He's done some things, but he's played ordinary. Okay, Shaq Barrett is not being paid ordinary. He's being paid extraordinary, $17 million a year. That means you're obligated to make a bunch of plays, a bunch of big-time plays, splash plays, sacks, sack fumbles. Fumble recoveries, interceptions, right? Uh, key stops on third downs. We're not seeing that. Joe trine first-round pick, has yet to be a consistent guy. I thought his best game of the season was Atlanta. I thought maybe his one of his worst games was, was last week against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. I didn't see JTS outside of looping around – it was like that uh, drill Mitch that they Trubisky. do
2: training. Yeah, it was like a yeah. drill that they have in training camp with the big circle. Yeah, you just, run the like, loop. Yeah, exactly. He was really he just, taking that one as he just as looped. I mean, in.
1: he he allowed Trubisky to roll to the left and find Chase Leepool on a big third down conversion late in the game. He ran so far around Mitch Trubisky, I think he ended up at like the right tackle. I mean, he literally went and you know, helped like a yeah. semicircle. <laughs> so n- not not a good play. Devin White just uh, the boneheaded uh, play, the, the dumb ruffing the passer, and then just you know, you know not seeing Najee Harris out in the flat. And I thought I thought Devin had made strides in coverage. He, he's regressed, and it just it's not good. So I don't know. Um, so here's the Panthers preview in a nutshell: uh, the Panthers are really really bad, but the Buccaneers lost to a really really bad Pittsburgh team last week. So anything can happen. They made Mitch Trubisky. And Kenny Pickett look amazing, right? And and Pittsburgh has more weapons, right? They have three weapons and Deontay Johnson and Chase Lapel mm-hmm. and, and George Pickens. I think the Panthers have DJ Moore, right? And Christian McCaffrey. They have two. Uh, can they stop those two players on offense? Well, I hope so. But they then in the, past, score... they've,
2: in the past they've been able they to stop Christian yeah. McCaffrey, but right. this isn't the same run defense that it has Correct. Had, and, so that's another thing. Christian
1: McCaffrey's healthy. He's having a very good year. But again, the problem is 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 uh, is, is, is Christian McCaffrey gonna be the guy that, that loses Devin White in the flat or runs a wheel route and catches a big touchdown yeah. pass? And 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 do the Buccaneers have enough offense, Matt, to you know to to put up a fight, right? I mean, right. It, it, the Steelers only averaged 15 points a game. They managed 20 and still won, right? The Carolina Panthers are averaging 15 points per game. They scored 10 last week. They have
2: P.J. Walker as their quarterback. but And you give them motivation right off the bat because another thing that the defense has struggled with is allowing points on the first drive. So that right. keeps a crappy team in the game when you score right away and say, exactly. hey, we actually can do something. Yes, it gives that.
1: them momentum. And, and, uh, and if this team would have come out with uh, 10-0 in the first quarter, Tampa Bay uh, at Pittsburgh, 10-0, you probably shut the Steelers down. But mm-hmm. just like the Washington game last year, uh, they, they allowed an inferior football team to feel alive in that game early, and they took the momentum, and the Bucs could not take it back. And, and, and so th- this game is not so much about the Panthers. It's how the Buccaneers respond. Can they score enough points? And and can they stop with the blunders on defense? Right. I mean, you, you look and you say two, hundred and seventy yards and twenty points, no matter who the opponent is, that should be enough to get you a win. The problem is this Bucks offense is so putrid, the play calling is so bad, the execution across the board is 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 awful. Um, that that points are at a premium, and yeah. and it's it's. I, I want to say the Bucks are going to win this week. They should, but I don't know.
2: They've let bad teams into games before. And, you know, P.J. Walker threw 60 passing yards last week in a full game. The week before that, he also threw 60 passing yards in a much smaller sample size. He completed five of those. He he, he completed five passes. So um, you can't even let them imagine that they can be in this game. Before we get out of here, though, uh, let's hear from. Our good friends at age rejuvenation at age rejuvenation we have a lot of interest about erectile dysfunction in men it's not like my sex life was dormant but you can always improve it was having an adverse effect on my marriage and was uh, very happy with the results we have various treatment programs available to enhance their physical abilities that can improve blood flow and sensitivity the pulse wave has made it so much better it's been a significant improvement the good news
0: was that i heard it from my wife
1: stop waiting start doing age rejuvenation the, the bucks have their own ed going on right now it's yeah. it's uh it's execution dysfunction okay it just is <laughs> it just is uh thankfully i don't have ed uh but if you're if you do suffer from that um i will tell you that age rejuvenation is is the place to go um guys if you want to feel better go to age rejuvenation um I wanted to go to age rejuvenation because my lack of energy I turned 50 this year and and I I felt like I was was 50. I I now feel like I'm 40. I feel like 10 years have just rewound the clock I've lost weight I'm down to 210 pounds I've lost about seven pounds I really haven't done anything other than have my metabolism boost up because I've had the testosterone replacement therapy at Age Rejuvenation. You, know, you might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the sponsor of my SRS Fab 5 column on pewterreport.com. They're also the presenting sponsor of our Pewter Report tailgate show. Thankfully, don't have any issues in the bedroom, but at 50, energy was a problem. And I'll tell you what, uh, with the testosterone therapy, you can go to agerejuvenation.com for more information. They've got five Tampa Bay area locations. Lose weight, feel great at Age Rejuvenation. And we, we talked th- about we talked about the, the, the tailgate show. Let's let's promote um, our our tailgate uh, show here this weekend, Pewter Game Day. Right, that's that's Matt Matera calling all the action starting at one o'clock, and we kick things off live at the Midtown location of Walk-Ons at uh, at eleven o'clock. So eleven yep. o'clock, Pewter Report Tailgate Show. Celsius, Age Rejuvenation, Walk-Ons, Midtown, be there 11 o'clock. We have free Celsius to give away. Age Rejuvenation will be on hand to answer any questions. Uh, make sure you're watching the game at Walk-Ons. Tremendous food, TVs galore, drink specials, it's the place to be. And uh, if you can't make it to the Walk-Ons in Midtown, make sure you're watching our show live on YouTube at our Peter Report TV channel. There's look, this. The food's fantastic at Walk-Ons. And there's the Midtown address right there. But uh, we want you to also make sure you follow us on Pewter Reports uh, TV, which is our YouTube channel, and subscribe. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. Uh, PewterReport.com, best bucks coverage. Yes, we've had some malware warnings this week. Unfortunately, uh, we had an advertiser that had some funky script in there. There was never any malware, uh, but it got flagged by Google. We're waiting for that That's obnoxious red. Warning page to go away. Our site is Safe and clean and free of all of that So hopefully you can bypass that malware Warning that should be going away hopefully by today But make sure you follow us on Social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook At Pewter Report. We appreciate everybody Tuning in to Pewter Report's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock with some more Bucks And Panthers talk and this is a big game, folks. Right? This is big. This is a big game. The Bucks need to take care of business on Sunday to feel better about themselves, to show some improvement. A lot of players across the board have to play better, and and there has to be some better coaching as well. Defensively with Todd Bowles, offensively with Byron Leftwich, special teams with Keith Armstrong. This needs to be a bounce back week. They got it three and zero. Because if this team goes under four hundred, Matt three and four, you think this is Armageddon week? holy smokes next week in a short week the baltimore ravens come to town thursday night oh bar the doors yeah. look out it's hang bad on to down something the
2: hatches yeah
1: bad down the hatches yeah so for matt matera i'm scott reynolds saying thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Peter report
2: podcast the buccaneers may not be playing great now but i
1: think this was the best podcast we've ever done
2: We've been putting it it on. We've been putting it on for the city because the Bucks haven't been able to. So, uh, thank you, everybody. And we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.